Good morning, church, and shalom. Uh, as I was reading the book of Jude to prepare uh, for this uh, message, I got a bit apprehensive because it's actually a strong letter with sharp words that seek to cut out the dangers that are already in the church. These dangers are beliefs that are contrary to God's words. And so, Apostle Jude uh, exhorts us to contend uh, for the truth of our faith. And so I've entitled this morning message, Earnestly Contending for Our Faith. Shall we begin with a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of sharing this morning message. Help me to communicate it uh, in a manner where it will be seeds that, are, that will be on good soil in the hearts of your people and that they will be energized, Lord, to contend for the truth of the gospel. I give thanks and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A month ago, many of you would have read about the story of a man in China whose son was kidnapped and he spent 24 years on the road searching for his son. On the 21st of September, 1997, Ko Xingchen, who was then two and a half years old, was playing outside his home uh, in a village in uh, Henan, uh, where she was grabbed uh, by a woman and quickly taken to the bus station where a male accomplished was waiting for them. And they quickly moved off uh, to another city in another province where the boy was sold. This event traumatized the father, Ko Kantang, uh, who lost 20 uh, kg in the first month itself. But he resolved that no matter what happened, he will find his son and bring him safely home. From that moment onwards, he has only one thought, he has only one purpose, one goal, one mission, and that is to find his son and to bring him safely home to the family. And so for the next 24 years, he traveled the length and breadth of China, covering 500,000 kilometers and using 10 bikes in the process. He had banners flying uh, from his motorcycle. He printed hundreds of thousands of flyers and pasted them on every bus stop, on every wall that allows it, and distributed to all the people that he come across. He had to contend with all manner of hardship. He contended with sandstorms, snowstorms, rainstorms. Uh, he was bullied and robbed by hooligans. He was knocked down uh, by cars. He was taken advantage of by at the places where he did odd jobs to raise money so that he can continue on his journey. He was accused of being a callous father. Many a times, hunger 
and thoughts of suicide accompanied him before he go to sleep. In 2015, a movie about his search uh, was released with uh, Andy Lau, the renowned Hong Kong actor, starring in that role. The movie was entitled "Lost and Loved." After the release of the movie, social media activists begin to clamor for the police to help this man more, and the police did through the use of metadata, DNA, and AI. They were able to track this boy down to a city in the next village early this year, and so on. The fifteenth of July, twenty twenty-one, the boy was reunited with his parents after twenty-four years. It was a very emotional moment, as tears of relief and joy flowed as they were. United, great as this man contended against every hardship, against every challenge, to bring to find his son and to bring him safely home. So too are all of us contending, contending for the life of our loved ones, so that they too may be brought safely home to our heavenly. Father, and so come with me now to the book of Jude as we look at what is it that we need to contend to ensure that our loved ones too are brought safely home to the heavenly Father. Shall we uh, read from the book of Jude, from verse one to verse four? Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father, and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was. Once for all, entrusted to the saints. For certain men, whose condemnation was written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men, who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord and. Savior. The author of Jude is actually a brother of Jesus, but in his letter, he never claimed relationship with Jesus. He addressed himself as a servant, a bonded slave of Jesus. Because the book of Jude、uh, is about the darker side of church life, it is about. People that has turned away from God and His gospel, and worse still, about people leading others away from God and His gospel, and so because this letter is a strong letter with sharp words, 
Jude began by reassuring his people who they are. He laid the foundation upon which their faith is built. In verse 1, he says, you are called, you are loved and kept for Jesus by God the Father. It is the God of the universe who has called each and every one of us. We all remember our own salvation, how it was very personal, how God touches in a very intimate way and the Holy Spirit leading us to receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. We are called by God himself. And then he says, we are loved by God. The God of the universe loved us and brought us into his family to be his sons and daughters. That is an amazing, awesome thought if we reflect if we reflect upon it, our God engaged us personally and made us his children. But some of you may ask, how does God love us? Yep, uh, in the uh, book of Romans, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God gave his only son that we may be accepted into his family. And finally, he says, we are kept for Jesus by God himself. Apostle Jude started this letter by saying that we are kept by God for Jesus. And he ended the letter with these words that it is God who is able to keep us from falling. Our God is a keeping God. In chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, Paul exclaimed, God was able to keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus. Our Lord is a keeping God. In first chapter of second Timothy, God is able to keep what I have committed to him till that day. Our God is a keeping God. Number six, of which all of us are familiar with, the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The God whose hands kept the sun the moon and the stars in his place. It's the same God who keeps you in his hands so that no one can snatch you away from him so that he can present you as the blameless, spotless bride to his son at the wedding supper of the Lamb. And so, Jude started this, uh, his message by telling everybody the rock on which they are established. Then he moved on in verse 2 to pronounce this benediction on them. Mercy, peace, 
and love be yours in abundance. Verse 2, tell us what should be our priority, what should be our preference, what should be our desire. The world entices with position, with power, with riches. But Jude's desire for his people is that mercy, peace, and love multiply to them in abundance. These are the traits that determine how we lift out our daily life. So it's my prayer that God's mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to each and every one of us in abundance. In Jesus' name. The book of Jude is also about the darker side of church life. It's about people that has come into the church and that are removing other people uh, away from the truth of the gospel. And so, Apostle Jude, having reassured us and laid the foundation of who we are, then move on to, uh, to the main message uh, of his letter. And that is for all of us to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to each and every one of us. What does it mean to contend, you ask? The word content is actually uh, a word from the sports and the gladiators arena. Uh, it is about uh, agonizing, struggling, striving, and exerting yourself for a cause. Uh, it is about striving and standing up for what we believed in. And so, Apostle Jude tells his people, we content for this faith of ours. But what is this faith that we are contending for? Thankfully, Jude didn't uh, left us guessing. In the context of which uh, verse 3 and 4 is written, we can deduce three core beliefs. And these three core beliefs are firstly, our salvation, verse 3. Secondly, the grace of God, verse 4, and the Lordship of Jesus, verse 4. Our salvation is the gospel, the good news of the Christian message, epic in scale, eternal in scope. Salvation from sin, from death, from hell, in exchange for holiness, for life, and for heaven. When Jesus started his ministry, he proclaimed these words in uh, Mark chapter 1. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. How are we saved? We repent and believe in the gospel. What does it mean to repent? The Greek word for repent is metanoia, a compound of two words. Yeah? Meta means change, a change. Noia is 
from the root word naos, which is the mind. It means a complete change of mindset. It means our there is an internal default change in our very being. It means changing from self-centeredness to God-centeredness, from the things of the world to the things of God, from a worldly mind to a mind of Christ, and from a life lived in sin to a life lived in Christ. That's to repent. What about believed? The jailer in Acts chapter 16 asked Apostle Paul this question, what must I do to be saved? And Paul replied, believed in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. What does it mean actually to believe in the Lord Jesus? And Apostle Paul expanded upon it to the believers in Romans uh, chapter 10. He told them this, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So believing in Jesus means believing in the death, the resurrection, and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Secondly, our core faith is also the grace of God. The grace of God is the unearned, unmerited, unmerited favor of God upon us. It is what we receive when we believe Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. It is not out of works. You know, we are not safe by works, but we are safe for works. Yeah? And uh, Apostle Paul uh, in Ephesians 2 reminded us of this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so salvation is by the grace of God. And thirdly, our core faith is about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In uh, the book of Philippians chapter 2, Scripture proclaimed this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father in heaven. And so, Jesus Christ is already Lord of the universe. He is already Lord of all our lives. Whether we acknowledge it or not, Jesus is already Lord of the universe. What is required of us is to come under the submission 
of the Lordship of Jesus. What does it mean to submit? It means for us to obey and to yield to the will and the authority of our Lord Jesus. It means for us to come under the rule and reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is this faith that we are contending for? And so given the three core beliefs that I have shared, we can now summarize this core faith that Apostle Jude is asking us to contend for. It is salvation from death to life by God's grace to live under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Some of you may ask, what is the essence of this salvation? What are we being saved for? We are not safe to continue with a listless and lawless life where we continue to do whatever we want, where, where we act as master of our own lives and do exactly as we please us. That is a life marked out by death. But we are saved for a life under the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a life for us to live abundantly, a life that is marked out for service, a life that is marked out by being a blessing to others and to God. As Apostle Paul relate to Timothy, he says, this is a life that is truly life. For all of us here who has experienced this life and this faith, we can all agree that it is a life and a faith worth contending for. But what is happening in the church that Jude asks us to contend? Verse 4, he says, Contend because certain men whose condemnation has been written about long ago have secretly slipped in amongst you. They are godless men who what? Who changed the grace of God into a license for immorality. And secondly, who deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So what is happening in the church is that there are two false worldviews that is being entrenched uh, in the church. In David Pawson's uh, explanation, he calls these two views the sentimental view of God and the syncretic view of Jesus. What he meant by the sentimental view of God is that we, uh, God is treated uh, like just a good friend, one that is loving, one that is uh, forgiving. And so we can do whatever we like without consequences. Uh, yes, he says uh, that uh, we may lose uh, some rewards, 
along the way, but we will still be accepted into heaven. So our conduct doesn't matter. And that's what is speculating uh, in the church. And uh, Apostle Jude says, this cannot be. That's the sentimental view of God and not the scriptural view of God. If you want the scriptural view of God, uh, a good place to look at is the prayer of Habakkuk, where God emphasized that he is a God of righteousness. He is a God of justice. And he will punish and deal with sin. As you will see with the verses that follow next week, God dealt with the Jews, the apple of his eye when they sin. God dealt with the angels when they sin. And so God will deal with his church when we sin. Secondly, we need to be aware of is what the books actually instructed us to do. Come, now shall we read all of this together? One, two, three. Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. Live in freedom, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as a servants of God. And so we need to hold on to the scriptural view of who God is and not the sentimental view of God. Yes, God takes us however we are, but he doesn't leave us however we are. Through repentance, he transforms us to live under the wonderful rule of Jesus. Remember, the heartbeat of our salvation message is that we repent and we believe in the Lord Jesus. We cannot separate one from the other. We cannot strip repentance from belief. It is two sides of the same coin. It goes hand in hand together. Repent and believe so that we can be saved. The second erroneous view uh, that it's speculating in that church is the syncretic view of Jesus. Jesus himself declared uh, in John chapter 14 that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so what is happening is that having distorted the grace of God, these people then deny the Lordship of Jesus. They are saying Jesus 
is not the only way. He is one of the way. Jesus is not the only truth, but one of the many truths. And Jesus is not the life. He is just a life, a way to life. And so the people has put Jesus in a pantheon with people of other faith. And so it was not Jesus and Jesus alone. It was Jesus plus. Jesus plus whatever they choose to believe. It is our belief that will determine our behavior. Because of their wrong belief, their behavior has gone haywire. But for us, we need to be entrenched in the truth of the gospel. We need to believe in the truth of the gospel and in the truth of God's word so that our behavior will befit who we are in Jesus. How then do we contend for this faith? I'm going to conclude now, but I won't be talking about how do we contend because in verse 20 to 23, Jude then points out to us how we are to contend. But uh, from scripture, from these four verses that we have seen, I just like to conclude by looking at two postures of which are to take when we are contending. Yeah? The first is that we have been reminded that this salvation is entrusted once and for all to the saints. It is entrusted to us. It is a trust of God to us. And as trustees, we need to do what the owner wants. Secondly, as trustees, we therefore is stewards of this gospel. We are stewards of this truth. And so, what have you been doing with this truth of the gospel of Jesus? Have you kept it under lock and key in your drawer? Or have you been sharing it to your family members, uh, uh, to your colleagues, to your community who has yet to know Jesus? We are called to be stewards of the gospel as trustees of God. And as stewards, we are to be found faithful. Are we faithful to this truth that Apostle Jude is talking about? The second posture that we need to take is actually uh, based on verse 2, where Jude says his prayer, his desire is that mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to them in abundance. The way we contend with the Bible, the posture with it, we need to contend with the Bible is in mercy, in peace, in love. 
We need to contend in a manner that befits the Bible. We need to contend with love, with peace, with mercy, in compassion, in patience. There is no point in winning an argument if in the process we lose a soul. We are contending for the lives of the loved ones and we are contending for people that Jesus died for, that Jesus loves very much. And so, through the message of Jude that has come down to us uh, through the ages, we are earnestly asked to contend wherever we are, whenever we are, so that we too can declare that through this generation, we have contended for this gospel and kept to the truth of God's words. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the gospel that saves us. We know that without it, we will be lost for eternity. And so we praise you for this good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, you will help us as a church family, collectively and individually, to be those who are willing to contend for our faith, even though it may be a costly thing for some of us. We pray that you will give us a conviction about the gospel that will enable us to contend. And wherever we find ourselves, we will lovingly and carefully be those who will contend for this gospel. And when we reach the end of our days, we will be able to look back and say in our generation, the gospel was kept and perpetuated by your grace for the salvation of many people. In Jesus' name, we pray. Shall we all arise uh, as we give praise uh, to our Lord with this wonderful song? Oh, thank you, Abba Father, that our salvation is by the grace of God to live under the Lordship of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word that has gone forth this morning. And as you now separate us, I speak and release your ironic blessing upon everyone that has locked in this morning. Lord, may you bless them and keep them. May you make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. And may you turn your countenance towards them and grant them your shalom peace. Lord. We give thanks and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And for all of you who still need prayer, you can log in to this link where the pastors and leaders of the church will be waiting uh, to pray with you and to pray for you.
So have a wonderful week ahead. Amen. <laughs>